0: SOS show brought to you by the Who You Know Network, where what you know is important, but who you know can make all the difference in your Absolutely. job search. So, um, we are back, uh, Sean and I, and we've got Don Gleason joining us. I uh, Want to share with you a little bit more about Don because, man, he's got a ton to offer. He's been a leader in the environmental and leadership realms for forty years. Forty years, first as a civil engineer in the USAF, and then as a management consultant with Booz Allen Hamilton. So. He's continuing to up level his skills as executive director with the Maxwell leadership team since 2015. He combines his education experience and professional growth as he works with people and organizations to achieve their personal and professional goals. He's focused to grow leaders who wanna grow and with a goal to raise them to achieve new heights in their personal lives, professional careers. It's only through intentional action and prior- prioritizing these actions that ultimate results become reality. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Don. I've got a couple picks up for you, but we are joined by Don Gleason here with us. Um, we've got some good images of him that he sent us. There he is, all dressed yeah. up, suited and booted. And uh, he's out there speaking and uh, doing what he can for the Military Transition Roundtable and the, the military community. So thank you for joining us and a uh, pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more? We've kind of been asking this of all of our guests. Mm -hmm. What got you started? Why are you so passionate about helping active and prior service members?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to be on and I appreciate it just connecting and uh, and talking lately and working with Sean as we go through this program. So what got me motivated? You know, 27 years in the Air Force, I got in as an environmental guy, but I quickly, when we were second lieutenants, we laughed and said, Why would anybody want to grow up to be a base civil engineer? You know, that was the CE squadron, civil engineering squadron commander. You just get always getting beat up on. Why would you want to do that? And it was because you got to help people be better than themselves, right? People would come in and they'd have disciplinary issues, and you could have a conversation with them, and you could talk to them, and you could turn them in the right direction. And I've got a number of stories uh, I won't go into all those but but where where that has worked and it just motivated me to get into leadership and then i think because i saw so many folks as how do you say i I got out of booze allen in 2018 and started my own company actually a year before that in 2017 and we were helping military in transition and just like the people that would come to me when i was squadron commander you know they were going through tough times it was moving in the wrong direction and uh, i just said i got to do something i can't Step aside and and not being engaged. I'm, I'm my personality. One of my strengths is serving, and I just had to jump in and do something. It's kind of like this month. You know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm doing a 50 mile ruck march. In fact, I just finished my 50 miles, and I had to be wearing you know a rucksack to do it. Probably something Sean's well used to. Us Air Force guys aren't used to that. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> but it's about stopping soldier suicide. So I've raised money for that nonprofit to help. So just doing what I can in that environment. Uh, it's just
0: yeah. It's me. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. And you know, we, we talked about this a little bit with with Matt um and just in the previous segment, but um, you know, there are in Alfredo too, um, there are a lot of veterans, right, going through um not only this transition, right, but a lot of the baggage, the mental health issues, um Identity crisis, depression, um, just all the things that are going through from a mental health perspective. What what have you seen is maybe one of the predominant issues in why they're dealing with that, and some of the ways that you're helping them overcome that.
1: Well, we've uh, we're working with a gentleman named Howie Cohen, and he's been he's really focused in on this, and he's been giving us some research, and he showed that the number one ideation for uh, the highest i'm not sure exactly how you say it the number one ideation the highest ideation for military thinking about suicide is transition it's just something so new it's 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 scary it's it's different and you've never had to do that before and uh, because I, there's a number of stories i'll, I'll t- tell one about a gentleman named ray and he got out of the service retired i think at uh 20. but i may have, may have he may be just separated but anyway the point was is he was Searching for a job, he was up in his office and he was doing the spray and pray method, and sending resumes out everywhere and uh, <clears throat> wasn't getting any response back. and And that's what drove him to be engaged in recruiting to make sure he's getting that connection. But when I heard that story and how his wife had to go in and pull him basically out of the office and get him connected with people, I just thought that you know this is far more prevalent than we ever think about. And I think uh, as you go through now, how many people are really admitting? I've been doing some videos every day, and and there's a number of reasons why we as military won't reach out for help, right? We don't want to seem weak, we don't want to be rejected, we don't want people to think bad of ourselves, it it impacts our ego, there's so many different, there's tons of reasons why, but the fact is, we don't reach out, and that just means that there's tons of people that are out there right now that are not seeking help, they're not getting help to, to walk through transition, so... Matt and I are really just focused in on how do we get this program out to them and walk together with them. And I think that's the heart of the Mastermind, the, the tr- Military Transition Roundtable, is we're bringing people together to work through it. And I think once they see that they're not alone, I hate to, hate to say mil- misery loves company, but when you realize you're not the only one struggling, it helps you walk through that.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot of folks that we've helped that, you know, they they just – um, got that network, that community from us. It may not have been any particular thing that we teach that got them landed, but Mm -hmm. we have testimonial after testimonial. It's just like, thank you so much for the support, just the support and knowing that I'm not alone, right? That there is help out there. Um, Sean, how about you? What, what, what I know you've gone out and done great. Matt had given you some accolades as far as um, being a thought leader and, and really pushing the boundary as far as um, initiative goes. But uh, what's what's your experience been, I mean, as far as um, being able to find the resources, right, and step out of your comfort zone and admit that you need help?
2: So the biggest thing for me, i think like I've been very open about anger management problems that I've had, and it was really my wife and my mother that called me out on it years ago, which made me move in that direction. And, and through that, I have not been scared to tell my soldiers that story and okay. use that with them. One, it it shows a little vulnerability, but it also shows you're human, and it shows that you know anybody can go through it. You know, is a, a, a brand new soldier looks at a senior non-commissioned officer. Oh, well, they've made it to the top. They have no problems. They have no, we, we've got a lot of problems <laughs> <laughs> for, for makes and pains <laughs> or whatever else. Um, there, there's a lot of things going on. You just may not see it. So having that, you know, be, becoming a little human, it, I believe I've been able to help a few people in that aspect. And uh, the one thing that I, I really love, like about what uh, Alfredo, he's not scared to talk about his struggles and the things he's gone through. and, and we're finding more and more military leaders, veterans, who aren't scared to talk about their struggles, and, and get that information out there. And by doing that, we're helping people. The, the other great thing, like when it comes to MTR, you know, we identify or at each session there's a problem identified, and we discuss it as a group and come up with uh, potential resolutions to it. After we ask some very pointed questions, and so you really peel back the onion on the issue and get down to the point of the matter, which makes the the group, I think, function so well and actually be highly beneficial. Um, So going through that whole piece has definitely been beneficial for me. As far as finding resources, you just, you could do a simple Google search and find, you know, 5,000 military resources. You just have to figure out in the long run, I think, what's beneficial to you. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that, one's better than the other, but maybe one just fits your personality better. And boy, Don and I met through Veterati.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I called him as, or set up a mentor call with him. A week prior to that, I'd been talking with someone about the John Maxwell team. I had no idea Don was in the John Maxwell team. I had no idea he he ran MTR. So we had this conversation and then we started talking about John Maxwell. And then he invites me to this MTR group and next thing you know you know I'm I'm doing the John Maxwell training I'm in MTR and it was honestly just because Veterati said we were a good match mm-hmm. that I reached out to him because he was in San Antonio I was thinking about moving to San Antonio why not call him and let, let's find out what's going on you know all in all I think I benefited greatly in that conversation so I mean, it worked out pretty well for me yeah. yeah if I if I could I
1: think there's a key thing that Sean just said and that is He, I'm going to say he's in touch with his emotions, and sometimes people don't like that statement. But I think that's exactly what he's saying, right? He he knew what he was looking for. You know, when when we started talking, he knew that he wanted to be a speaker. He wanted to get out in front of audiences. He had a message that he wanted to to get out. And we all have a message, but most of us don't put it out there. And Sean wanted to put it out, and uh, it just provided him an opportunity in both in both pieces. But I think as we go through transition, we have to be thinking about that. What do we want? What what? What makes me feel good in here? What motivates me? Right. It's not to say it's going to be easy every day, but when you're when you're moving through your through your passion and your mission, you can get through those tough times a lot easier than um, when you're not. I I was on a project with Booz Allen Hamilton doing cost efficiencies, and we were doing great things, but it wasn't my passion. It would, it, I just I, I there was many days I just walked away. It's like why am I here? Yeah. You know, just, yeah. it, it wasn't pulling me through it. And I, I finally got. Yep. it. Was, it was J-O-B, J-O-B. Yeah. Yep. J-O-B.
0: So, you know, Matt shared with us about the work that he's doing. And, and it sounds like, um, you know, he's very, very, very entrenched in education on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, your online network, your you know, your profile, your space, who you are. Um, what, what's been the most impactful thing that you're helping. Right. Folks with.
1: I think it's almost where I was going just a second ago. And just to add a little bit more, and I appreciate that question is, I think most people don't know what they want to do next. They really struggle. Yeah. The, the military, we we had this thing called the ASFAB, right? Armed services, vocational aptitude battery. Most of us got placed into a job. And then we said, okay, so we were looking for something. We did well. We got trained. We we excelled. They got promoted. But all of a sudden, if they if they were overmanned, they got retrained into other career fields. Not what they wanted, but what was the best of what was available, right? <clears throat> so it wasn't until you got out that you really had that option after 20 or 30 years to say, what do I really want to do? And because we've always served others, we don't know what we want. So I really take them through a process to try to get them to think into what it is do I, that I want to do? Um, there's a gentleman right here over my shoulder. This is my dad in the Korean War. And he uh, he did youth development extension. He had his PhD at the University of Wisconsin. And uh, he really helped me think into different things. And uh, so I think one of those things is, what do you want to do? That was where the environmental piece you mentioned earlier, man, that excited me since fifth grade. But all of a sudden, when leadership opportunity came up and moved that way and now it's really zeroing in on military transition so it it's helping people answer that question because i think once you answer that question it focuses everything else right Right. people always tell me what do i put in my linkedin profile well what do you want to do well i don't know well then it's hard to tell what to put in linkedin or your resume or your elevator pitch or who do i research with or who do i do informationally so you just get my point right so once you figure that one out i think it really Zeros things in. I think most people really struggle with time management. So I know for me, when I did this 12 years ago, once I got that straight, it it really saved me a lot of time.
0: I, you know, I I love that. Um, How many, how many people, and it sounds like the majority, right? But maybe you can shed a little bit more light on how many people don't know what they want to do because they're leaving the service and they're not staying in their career field versus how many people are actually, they know, right? They're, they're in a career field, in the service, and that's what they're, gonna, they're planning on doing when they leave.
1: I'm going to guess about 85 to 90% do not know. Wow.
0: And,
1: and, you know, I was an engineer, right? So you think about, it, we pretty much know, but I had, to, I had to go through. I could have been design, construction. I could have been facility maintenance. I could have been emergency management, environmental. I did a lot of things in civil engineering. But those first couple design, construction, facility maintenance, no, I would not have been happy. Environmental and emergency management was where I had to zero in. So I had to, I had to go through that even though I had gotten my degree in that and came to the service knowing that's what I wanted. Um, so I think it's a pretty high. I've talked to lawyers who don't know, you know do I want to stay in law? What kind of law do I want to get into? I've always been this kind, but I don't really like that. So I think in a lot of ways, a lot
2: of us struggle with that yeah. question. So along those lines, though, Don, how are you using uh, the John Maxwell stuff to help transitioning service members?
1: Yeah, the number
2: one thing is
1: coaching, right? You can be a mentor. Veterati is mentoring, right? I can tell people what to do based upon my experience. But the real answer lies in each of us. And if we don't, if the coach doesn't ask questions to pull that out, then we never really wrestle with it. We never you know, it, you got that subconscious, I try not to get too detailed here, but you got the conscious mind, the subconscious mind. We do our thinking in the conscious mind, but all of our beliefs, systems, habits, everything lies in the subconscious. And we're we really run by our subconscious mind. Um, <clears throat> so until we pull those beliefs out and start wrestling with them, so we, the fears of, you know, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to appear weak if I ask questions. If I, if I say I don't know. <clears throat> can we pull that up and we wrestle with it and we change it and put it back and say, I'm going to ask that question. So, um, uh, just a quick story. I had a gentleman in Alabama, Sergeant major of the army. And I said, what do you want to do? He said, I have no idea. I said, so where'd you come from? So, well, you know, South Alabama. I said, why did you get joined the service? He said, there was nothing for me here. It was going to be drugs and, and alcohol and gangs. And I did not want that. Said, Great. And we walked around things and I said, what was the best experience? He said, Oh, it's easy. When the U.S. Olympics basketball dream team came to D.C., I got to be the POC. And what really touched my heart was when the, the dream team was standing in front of all these kids from inner city D.C. and talking about where they came from and how they rose out of the ashes, so to speak. And the light and the kids' eyes were like, I can do this. They're in the same place I was. If they were in the same place I am but 40 years ago, 30 years ago. I can do that, and gave him hope, and he changed his focus into what he wanted to do. So I think being able to find that piece that touches your heart is is so important. Yeah. Is that what you yeah. get?
0: Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Coaching. 100%. Um,
1: and I think that's the power of the mastermind right we're We're not just immediately telling people what the answer to that question is. We ask questions to get them to think into, well, tell me a little bit about it. Tell me what you've tried. tell me you know what ha- what what wasn't successful about that. you know what what did you learn? and then we can give them better advice at that
0: point can Can you talk a little bit more about um, any of these aspects right? I mean Booz and uh, well Maxwell leadership, probably more so, military roundtable. MTR. What, what's the process, right? What, like, you know, there's probably steps for, for somebody on, on, let's say it's onboarding, right? right. Um, what, what do people go through? Can you paint that picture?
1: Onboarding into military transition roundtable. Mm-hmm. It, it's fairly simple. I think that's about where I joined with the previous conversation with Matt, and then we jumped into the, the metrics, but to step back to that. So I appreciate you asking, it's really about Matt and I just gauging, The the ability of them to be coachable and teachable. Something I learned in the Maxwell leadership team, previously John Maxwell team, is you can work with clients. That's why I say I work with clients who want to grow leaders who want to grow because there's a lot of leaders who are set in their ways and they will not take advice. They will not take action. They just continue to do the same thing back to the, sub- subcon- the con- subconscious mind, right? And the habits and systems, and, and they're not willing to, to change them and they're not going to see any different results. <clears throat> so it's not, not a lot of use to work with those folks until they decide that they want to they change. But when they want to change, we can use that coaching process and the mentoring process on top of it to, to really move them through the process. So that's yeah. really our piece is Matt and I talk to them and say, oh, you know, just gauge them. Are you coachable and teachable? If you are, come on in and try it. And then we work together with you. So yeah. it's really, very really yeah. simple.
0: Um, as far as people that identify that they're going to have some struggles, right, with with the coaching in being teachable, um, maybe they have that self, self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's say it's determined that they're not, maybe necessarily a, a great fit for your program. What do you do at that point?
1: Uh, two things. One, I, I'll try to work with them one-on-one. You know? So they're not in the group necessarily because that'll pull the group back down if, if they're not willing to, to try things. So I'll work with them one-on-one and see if I can shake things free. If not, I'll reach out to the other resources. We're, we're part of the Joint Base San Antonio Transition Alliance. There's 65 organizations that come together every Tuesday morning. And if I know that one of them can help so based upon they being a women's veteran, a spouse, a military in a certain area, we've got connections in there with who have been uh, officers and senior NCOs in the services and got out. They might be vice president of Wells Fargo. I think of a certain person, or Wells Fargo, a person in USAA. Um, we go all around the companies. We get with them and say, hey, would you have a conversation with this guy? And they, Maybe there's something there that you can shake out. So we'll try to stay in touch with them and see if we can move them along the process. Yeah. Our ultimate job is to get them into the job they want. I got one guy who's forty years out of the military, so he's sixty-five. He's unemployed, and uh, just he's, he's we've. I think he's finally got a job, but it's taken about a year. But we've we've stayed in touch. We've worked together, but he just wasn't the fit for MTR. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, so it goes that's, back
1: to serving again, right? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I can to fix it. No, well, ahead,
2: that's Joe. what you brought up is interesting that. You called it the the JBSA mm-hmm. um, transition alliance. Transition alliance. So, I've heard now two or three different locations that have something very similar. Right. How how new is this? Because I don't remember hearing about that. I wasn't transitioning at the time, but when I lived in San Antonio, I'd never heard of that.
1: Yeah, so it's not really for the transitioning member, it's for the transitioning organizations. So within that is the government, so it's the military family readiness sections of Fort Sam and the other bases in San Antonio. Um, It's uh, other organizations, nonprofits, et cetera, who are helping. So Centurion Military Alliance, Military Transition Roundtable, others. There are employers like Deloitte, Booz Allen, others. There are county, Bear County organizations, the city of San Antonio. So there's a number of organizations that are all in that space, helping the member. It's not for the member to come to that organization. This is for us to, to kind of de-conflict what we're doing and to advertise and to try to get that word out to our group of people, so.
2: All in all, good communication and, yeah. and teamwork between everybody, that, that's outstanding. That's yeah,
1: What was happening, so I, the length of time uh, I know it's been over at least three years, and I think I think it's somewhere around four years. Serafina de Los Santos I think had the brainchild. She's a GS14, retired herself out of. I'm going to be wrong if I say Army or Air Force, but I think she was a lieutenant colonel. But she saw a need. She's a deputy director of a under the Joint Base San Antonio, the Combat Support Wing. She's in the she's a deputy director in the Combat Support Group, um, <clears throat> working kind of personnel issues. Um, so she's she's that connection.
2: That's amazing. That's such a great resource.
1: Yeah. And, and it's about deconflicting, right? It's, at one point we had, we would go around the room and it's like, hey, this Thursday, and they did this Thursday, this, and everybody was saying this Thursday. It's like, wait, time out. The members, <laughs> you guys, transitioning member, can't go to everything on one day, so let's deconflict that. And, uh, and they've now got a calendar where we can at least have the visibility of what's happening, what days.
2: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That, that is awesome to see that we're having that. And I know there's one here in Savannah uh, to that extent. I've heard of one in Jacksonville as well. So it looks like that that whole concept is starting to spread, which is overall, even though it's not for the veteran to attend or the transiting to attend, it's going to benefit them in the long run, which would be great. Exactly right.
1: And that's the piece. Uh, I may have touched on this a little bit, that gap analysis, I think, like I started down the path. And that's, I think, what Sean talked about. Not every – Event. Not every organization, not every networking thing is, is for each member. You can't go to everything, right? There's just too many. Sean has just listed all these different organizations on LinkedIn, I, and I praise that. I, I've said that a couple of times on, on his post, right, in the comments. <clears throat> this is fantastic. People should, should follow Sean. But the key is to do a gap analysis and figure out where am I at, what do I need, and which will help me do that. I did that in my first couple of days when I started Booz Allen, right? I was good in these things. I wasn't good over here. I needed to learn how to do business development proposals and financial management, the Booz Allen way. And I found those kind of guys. The same idea with transition. I'm, I'm good at writing a resume, maybe LinkedIn, but maybe I'm not good at networking. Maybe I'm not good at interviewing. So I need to go dig those resources yeah. to try to do everything. It's just, just not enough time.
0: What, what about uh, a situation where they've got, your support, they've got mm-hmm. a clear definition or idea of the role they want. Mm-hmm. But there's the question of, am I qualified, right? Or, mm-hmm. or maybe they feel like they're not qualified and fear the rejection because of that. Mm-hmm. How would you coach someone in that?
1: Imposter syndrome, right? I'm not good enough, I'm yeah. not smart enough, et cetera. I'm actually doing a uh, webinar, hasn't, hasn't been advertised yet, it's going to come out this week, uh, on the 7th of June at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, I'm going to be doing, 5 p.m. Central, I'm going to be doing a webinar about imposter syndrome, and I've talked that before with an MTR, and boy, everybody's like, yeah, that's me, that's me. So, so it really comes back to getting back one-on-one together with somebody and drilling into that. You know, I had a, a mentor who said, you have a gremlin sitting on your shoulder, and he's talking into your ear. You can't do that. You're not, are you smart enough? Right? Are you rich enough? Right? Do you have the ideas? And, and we walk them through and say, you've been 20 years, 25 years in the service, maybe six years in the service. What have you faced? How have you, how have you done that same thing? Were you successful? How did you get to that point? And we end up knocking that gremlin off the shoulder. It's like, I can do this. I've done it before. Right? And, but it, again, it's that subconscious piece. i got to pull it up, deal with it, and say, no. I can do this. I have done this. I went to Baghdad, Iraq in 2004, helped lead the programming of a $12.8 billion reconstruction program, 3,200 projects. Whatever told me in my life that I could do that? Right? I, okay, I'd been a squadron commander and I've I, I led, a, I led about $115 million construction program with my team, but huge difference. But if I just broke it down and said, it's the same process, I, I've done this. And, uh, I did it, so yeah. uh, we achieved some neat results. I wow. won't say I was best at it, but you know.
0: Well, you know, in, in kind of hit upon this um, just previously, but um, you know, self-limiting beliefs. I think it was, I think it was Matt, uh, maybe that talked about you know um, comp right in negotiations, <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I was just talking about this the other day. It's like um, the conversation I was having w- with someone. And they were talking about how. We don't look at the past, right? We don't look we, we don't look and focus on the past, right? When you're driving, you glance at the rear view mirror, but you don't mm-hmm. focus on that. You're focused mm-hmm. on what's a, ahead of you and in front of you. And I, I think, um, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit, but you know, let's say um, even at the officer level, but enlisted certainly, um, they're at a point in an income level where if they're going from what they know, there's a self-limiting belief on what they can do, whether that's, you know, maybe the compensation level that they're looking for outside in the civilian sector in a new role, um, you know, whether or not they can do a job and they're qualified for that. All of those things kind of come from, you know, some of our past experiences mm-hmm. and create those self-limiting beliefs. How do, exactly how do right. you help people overcome that?
1: That's what's in the subconscious mind, right? It's all those thoughts. <clears throat> I have a, uh just to use an analogy. So I, I got frustrated with stock market performance as I was working with some companies in the, when I was in the military, right. And I was starting to get out. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to take this over. I think I can do better than them. And I learned about the stock market. I had some, some mentors and they, they helped me. And, uh, and I've been outperforming the S&P 500. Certainly a tough year this year, but, you know, I'm moving in the right direction. I know what's going on and stuff, so I'm smart enough about it. And some people don't want to do that. That's fine. But uh, I also had a friend who said, whose dad told him, here's that limiting belief, don't ever invest in the stock market. It's a rigged game. It will steal your money. You can never win. Well, heck, in the last three to four years, I've almost doubled, like you know, 25% a year. I've almost doubled my my income. I've been able to retire and do things I want to do. He's going to be working until 75 or 80. So I'm not trying to downplay him, but that's that limiting belief in his head that's talking to him. And, and I've had some conversations, but he's wasn't willing to really dig into it. It's pretty, pretty firm set. He does it in another way. <clears throat> so, but, but that same kind of thing happens to us as we're going through interest transition. I was kind of leaning back a little bit. I got to turn to the right side here. Um, this picture, the reason I put this here and, uh, It was at a transition program and I was going through putting the flag on. I was putting the tree on and I got to this ground clutter right here. I got stuck and I was, I could not figure out the way I was trying to go from the top down. I was using the wrong stroke, trying to go from the top down to create the ground clutter, the ground Brush bushes. <clears throat> and it took me 15 minutes to walk through, talk to the instructor, talk to other people, watch. And it was, I didn't want to destroy what I had created, right? And I think we're, we are in the military, as we have a successful career, we're afraid to, to step out of it, because we might destroy kind of where we're at, the, the perception of who we are, that strength, you know, those kind of things. And all of a sudden, I took the brushstroke, and it was amazing. And it, it just, I just started doing brushstroke after brush stroke because it just came out. I got over the limiting belief. But I was inside my mind at the time dealing with, why are you so afraid of taking the stroke? You can recreate this painting again. I can do all those things again. So let's move through it and try it. It's just a learning process. Mm -hmm. John Maxwell has a process. He says, we try, we fail, we learn, we adjust, and we reenter. And if you won't, if you try and fail and stop, you can never go anywhere. But you got to learn, adjust, and that's what I was doing. I was walking through that process, and that's what I help them think through when I'm working with
0: them. Yeah, that's a mic drop moment right there for sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Well, we're we're getting down to time. Um, I, I definitely appreciate you sharing um, There's so much, right? That you, that you've said, um, sure. and so much help that you guys are providing both both you and Matt uh, through MTR and you know all the other organizations. Um, I wanted to ask you, you had put that flag back up. I don't think we were live um, or that sign behind your, is that your right shoulder uh, that one there? there? Yeah. Oh, it's the society of American yeah. military. Okay. I was wondering what that was. I couldn't see that. And I, yeah. I didn't, wasn't able to read it from afar. So,
1: so I encourage people to get involved in a civilian professional association. <clears throat> Mo is good. Sergeant Associations good. All those, those are good, but you're meeting military people, right? Yeah. You need to learn, What how how the fields you want to go into, whether it's SHRM, Society of Human Resources Management or Communication Electronics is the Air Force Communication Electronics Association, but it's it's civilians in the organization, you know, from downtown corporations, McDonnell Douglas, Lidos. Lockheed Martin, all those, in small businesses as well. That's what this is. you am trying to point to the right way here. <laughs> SAME, Society of American Military Engineers. And uh, it's it's all those big engineering companies, construction companies, design companies. And, uh, and by me working through that in my career, I've been involved for over 30-some years, I got to know those companies, and I got to know how they operate. I got to know some of those leaders. So when I was getting out, I already had a relationship with them. So I, I announced my retirement and i said hey gary hey bill hey fred can we have a conversation i'm i've made my decision i'm going to get out this summer you did it two years ago and and bingo we started having some great conversations
0: i'm dropping mics all over because yeah yeah that that is that is what it is all about 100 um yeah what a a great i have
1: have to brag a little bit i threw our efforts. This year, I've been able to win two awards. One is to the John Maxwell team. It's the Nurturing Transformation Award for what I'm doing with military transition, Matt and I, but other things I'm doing as well, right, with Veterati and stuff. But last week, I got a the Gibson medal. <clears throat> Ed Gibson was a colonel, U.S. Army retired, who really helped a lot of engineers over the last 10, 20, 30 years get out get the job they're looking for. I'm kind of following his footsteps. He helped me 12 years ago. Oh, wow. So it was an honor to go last week to Denver and and pick up the Gibson medal. Oh, uh, wow. Come full circle. Come first circle. Yep. And I'm not done I got a long uh, way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like you said, I mean, um, you've got to be active. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to join – these organizations, because um, we're up, I'm up here in in DFW, which has a extremely large career transition support network. Mm -hmm. And there's so many groups that you could go to a career transition group every day, Mm -hmm. several times a day to different groups each week. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's, you know, there gets to a point where you're not learning. Right. A lot of it's just regurgitated information. Um, you have to get out into group, and this is key. What you had said is perfect. You have to go where the the jobs are, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're networking and you're you're going through trainings, and you know even MTR maybe for, to a certain extent, like you're networking with your peers and colleagues, maybe mm-hmm. who are in the same space, and you're getting mentored. Um, but spot on with joining an association or something <laughs> in your career field or in the career field that you want to go to to build those relationships right and that's also a keyword relationships that's right if i could
1: say one more thing i think we we get trained not to think our parents told us what to do to be safe right don't go in the street don't don't do this don't do that in school it was like you got to study this this is what you're going to do to take the test here's the answer to the test you know same in college in the military a lot of our times our bosses said hey this is what I want you to do. I want you to go take this hill. I want you to go do this project. I want you to do it this way. So we get told what to do. And so all of a sudden, when we now have an opportunity to think, it's foreign to us. And we need to learn how to think, how to engage our conscious mind. And, and that's where all of a sudden those, those limiting beliefs, et cetera, in our subconscious. Now we start hitting them like this, right? And that's where we need help to walk through them. Cause we just have never done that before. And, uh, Yep. That's that's an important part important part of growth in this process. And yeah. that's I think why it's so frustrating because it's like I, I don't know how to do this. And and what does Sean say? All my information I'm passing along is on Google. You just have to search
0: it. But we don't <laughs> we don't think of that. Yeah, you're a good you're a good Googler, Sean. Yep. <laughs> you're a good Googler. <laughs> Hey, Don, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you being here, sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. Uh, viewer and listener audience, um, if you would, I would like you to take, take a screenshot right now. Uh, you got Don's smiling face right there. Post it out. Share it. Give him a plug. Right, Tag him in that post and let him know how much you appreciate his advice, his knowledge, and, again, his expertise. Uh, Don, thank you so much. We're going to go to our last break and we're going to introduce our last guest, uh, which is going to be Brett Courier. So stick with us. We'll be back shortly.
2: Thanks a lot, Don. Hey, thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: Appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Don. Thanks, team.